0: You're listening to Dr. Leslie Inspires, a show where we empower mothers by raising their level of awareness, discussing tough mother-son issues that everyone knows exists, but no one is talking about. Dr. Leslie is joined by Mr. Wayne, who provides insight from a male perspective. To learn more about us, visit our website at www.drleslieinspires.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Leslie.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to uh, Dr. Leslie Inspire. This is our 30 days pandemic mom to chrysalis mom, uh, which is the time that we bring on women or we bring on guest speakers who can come on and speak life into our mothers or say something that will encourage uh, and or enlighten them uh, in terms of something that they're doing with their son or with their children. So tonight we have a guest speaker, a young man, Christian Thomas. I'm going to let him tell us his age and just a little bit more about himself, but uh, he is a young man that I feel that each of us can gather um, information uh, and a new set of knowledge in terms of what else can we be doing? So I know he'll be uh, transparent and after he's done talking, we'll be free to ask questions. So without further ado, Christian, if you could just give us a little background about yourself to start.
2: Okay.
3: Um, Well, firstly, thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Christian Thomas. I'm from Sigloville, New Jersey. I'm 22 years old. Uh, Right now I run a lead inspection company in Philadelphia um, and I'm an inspiring singer uh, and music artist.
1: Okay. How old are you, Cameron? I mean, Christian?
3: <laughs> I'm 22. 22 years old.
1: 22. Okay. perfect. So in terms of being a son, a young son, rising, going and growing into adulthood, give us some insight in terms of your relationship with your mom, and then we're going to, well, well, we'll get to your dad shortly, but give us some insight into the relationship with your mom. Uh, what type of mom is she? How do you feel your relationship with her has made you to be the man that you are today, the young man that you are today? And what are some of the shortfalls that you believe could have been done to make you uh, a stronger young man than you are right now.
3: Um, well, firstly, my mom. Uh, to say uh, what type of mother she is, um, I would just say uh, a very resilient mother. Uh, we watched, you know, we 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 always had what we had, um, but we watched her bounce back from a lot of, you know, a lot of hard, uh, a lot of hard times, and we paid attention to that um just some insight on our relationship and as growing as i was growing up into adulthood now um it definitely got closer i would say for me uh when life started to actually hit um before that it it wasn't it didn't occur to me how important it was to maintain that relationship um and just you know be there for her as much as she was there for me um so now growing into manhood um, you know, that's that's just the goal to try to really be there and provide as much as I can as a son for her um, as she has for me throughout my life.
1: When you say provide, provide what?
3: Um, Just just anything, you know, that that uh, support, the support that she gave us just reciprocating, you know, just the, the different things that I learned that she may not know as times are moving forward, giving her, you know, that insight, being able to just be there for her when she may not be feeling, you know, her best those times when she was there for us. Um, just little things like that.
1: Okay. So what are, you said, some defining moments. What were some of the defining moments that you had that kind of let you know that your mom needs your support and that helped you to know that you needed to evolve into something more than you were at the time? For sure.
3: Um, well, it was really two defining moments, I feel like, for me. Uh, um, which one came first? Oh, well, yeah, the first one, I got into a little bit of trouble with the law. Um, and you know, w- when you're in trouble with the law, your hands are tied when you're, you know, you're not the victim. Your, your hands are tied. There's nothing you can do. And um, my mom was the person I had to call on. Um, and when she was there along with the rest of my family, you know, I understood how much they helped me and I understood how much it was, you know, doing for me, how how good of a situation it was for me being in that situation. Um, but at that same time, I wasn't really seeing how much it was affecting my mom and how much, you know, like she needed somebody through those times, too, to be, you know, I should have been, you know, a, a bigger piece in her life to just help her because I was the one putting her through it. Um, so that was one of the defining defining moments for me to see that. Um, and now know, you know, it's time to build on that and continue to grow and make that the goal. Um, and then another time, um, when I decided to leave the house early on, uh, maybe I believe I was 18 at the time. Um, and things were just hectic at home and I was just being, you know, a young man, uh, and I decided to leave the house and I was living on my own. I actually was living in my car for, you know, some, a little bit of, a little bit of time going to work and stuff. I had a job, but I was just trying to figure it out, um, you know, through all that time, we, my mom, my mom and I were always close, but it was never, uh, in my eyes, a, a constant, like a everyday checking up on me. I wasn't used to that at the time. And when I went through that, it started to, that started to grow more cause she was concerned and I, I started to understand like, oh, okay, I'm kind of doing this to myself. I chose to do this now. And, you know, but she's still, you know, making sure I'm good and still checking up. And now that, and after that following those moments when I've gotten back into the house and just been closer with her, you know, now that uh, I'm, I've am i grown to a man, I, I live on my own. She lives where she lives. It's still every day I'm getting checked up on And Sometimes, you know, I'm not in the mood to take a phone call or whatever it is, but it's like the fact that she's here and she's doing it, you know, uh, makes me really understand what I need to do as a son, and and really appreciate what's being done for me from my mother.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you were living away from home and living in your car, that was a choice that you made.
3: Um. Yeah. I didn't like. I didn't necessarily like the living situation at home, just with who was in the house and how people was. You know, just little dumb stuff.
1: Okay. So you can say now that it's dumb.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely say it was dumb. Yeah. For sure. because <laughs> okay,
1: you understand it. So how did you manage, would you say that you were angry at the time? What were your emotions like that actually made you transition into that person that felt he needed to leave or be on his own?
3: Um, I was just more so a little confused because I didn't understand how much I put myself, like I didn't take the, uh, the I, I didn't take accountability for what had happened yet. Um, so at that time I was confused and I just didn't understand why stuff was happening to me. And, you know, after a while and why people weren't owning up and why why things just weren't going, you know, how, how I thought they would go. Life hit me and it was like, I got a news flash. Like, it's not, it's not your world. You know, things are going on and you can lose it all. And it's not, you know, things can change. So it was just me being confused, not understanding and just acting impulsive.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm you, did the impulse of, when did you start seeing that you had impulsive behavior? because I see that behavior a lot in young men, um, but they it, it usually takes defining moments to yeah. let them know that they are impulsive. It's not just everybody else it's your decision making that's putting you into these decisions I mean, into these uh, situations right so what was your what was your uh the moment or the defining moment that said i'm impulsive i need to calm down i know you had uh, a situation with the law well let me ask you that the situation with the law how did that change you
3: uh how did it change me
1: or did it change you
3: yeah it definitely changed me it definitely changed me um i'll say it focused me up a lot uh you know, because when I was, you know, when I got into a situation, I had to just, I didn't have two, I didn't have a contact with people, I didn't have a phone, actually. Um, my mom took my iPad or whatever, so I was just kind of by myself, and I had to just reach out to what I had close. Um, spent more time with the family and stuff around that time. Um, and uh, what was the question? I'm sorry, you said it was actually the impulsive?
1: hmm
3: Okay, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, when did, uh... The impulsiveness, I mean, when I noticed it was, was around that time when like, I just got that news flash, Um And oh, and you also asked what the change was. Um, I'll say it focused me a lot and it humbled me. Uh, definitely. It just, it focused me and it humbled me. I had to reach out to family and just, you know, God really. Um, so yeah. It, would, the, you say the- that was,
1: would you say that was one of your lowest moments? of your twenty-two year old life?
3: Low moments. I wouldn't call it a low moment because it actually like thank the Lord my situation went like it was such a defining moment for my life. Like it helped me focus on what I dreamed to do now and what I know I can do. So I can't even call it a low moment because it wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was. Like it was it was completely different. It was completely different. Like the hands of God was on me type time where Everything was just working in my favor. Um, and then, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say that was the lowest moment, though. I think the lowest moment was the decision I made to, uh, you know, when I was living in my car, left home and stuff. That was the lowest moment.
1: Mm-hmm. That's called self-sabotaging behavior, actually. Because it, it, she didn't put you out. It was a decision, you know, the young man yesterday kind of spoke about some of that type of behavior. It is, um, let me pull back up. So, um, anger, what role does anger play in all of this?
3: Mm. It, it doesn't play a big part for me. I don't feel like I was, I'm not really an angry person. It's not really a lot of like angry people around me. Like my mom's positive. My brother is positive. Um, uh, anger I would say anger plays a small role because after a while I, I was spending so much time alone it was like you could just be only angry at yourself at some point you know what I'm saying like you just have to at some point you just got to start taking accountability it starts to weigh on you um I, I don't say I was too angry at anybody else because people were so helpful to me like the people around me actually played a big part in helping me so much it's like who can you be angry at now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So
1: That's good. That's really good that you um, acknowledge that. So then let's, let's transition to your dad. You obviously have a good relationship with your mom. You can see the support that she has been for you. She's been your rock. She's been there even when you were not there for her or, and even when you didn't necessarily appreciate the things that she was doing for you. You still look at it as, you and ha- her have a bond and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, she's going to be some type of, uh, some source of support for you. Okay. So let's fast forward or let's look at your relationship with your dad. Describe that.
3: Um, it's vague. I'll say that it's vague. Um, we talk here and there, he doesn't have, like, an iPhone or anything. Like, he's not big on technology, so, like, it's not really instant communication with him, even if I call him or, like, text him. I can't get a – or it's not usually an instant response, so there's not really that um, type of connection. Um, he, wasn't really, he wasn't really there, so now it's kind of just, you know, working, working things out as, as adults, I guess.
1: You and him working it out as adults?
3: Yeah, well, not working it out, but but trying to get to understand things. It's not gonna work out. It's understood. I mean, it's uh, it's cordial, but I it just needs to be understood by who? Uh, by us both. He needs to learn to understand me. I need to learn to understand him and accept him for who he is. Uh, and then just you know, kind of go from there.
1: Okay, so I know you had a conversation with him at one point where you were trying to understand who you were trying to get that understanding and you actually went to him and asked him some questions. Can you tell us about that conversation?
3: For sure. Um, it was pretty much just me asking him why he wasn't there, uh, or what stopped him from being there. And that's why I say it has to get understood because I didn't really get too many questions answered. Um,
1: What did he say? What did he say? Like,
3: he got. He just gave me stories like he's st- like he just tries to talk talk you around in circles and try to you know make you just say oh yeah you know kind of go with the flow um he didn't really give me he wasn't giving me direct answers did so, you stop
1: him and say no i don't want to hear that tell me yeah i
3: i, I did that and then it's, it's just you got to understand I, my mom could probably understand but he's just like ah. It's hard, to, it's hard to get to him. He's not, it's not easy. Um, but, yeah, I, I cut him off and I tried to get, you know, some answers. He didn't really give me too much. Um, but he would just say, like, in times when he didn't have it, he didn't, you know, I couldn't do this this day or I couldn't do this that day. And my thing wasn't really uh, why, you, why you didn't do it or it was like, what you know, like, why didn't you – why wasn't I that – like, why didn't you just go – you know, I, I watched my mom do this every time it hit the fan. Why wasn't that you? Why didn't you take that next step? All you had to do is take the train. You got around, you know, you you found all the loopholes when you had to get down here and do whatever it was you had to do when you made a scene or do this, this, and that, but it was like you didn't you should have made that same effort more often. Why wasn't that there? And he it was pretty much like he couldn't tell me or he couldn't be honest or he didn't have it him, himself. It was the first time I, I did something like that with him. Um so he just he he didn't really give me too much. Of what I wanted to hear and that's why I feel like it just needs to be understood over time he'll be able to you know break open um I guess because he's a very private person uh but yeah that's why it's just like uh, yeah <laughs>
4: that's what it is yeah
1: so you actually left that conversation feeling well let me ask did you leave that conversation feeling more confused or you just left the conversation saying I'm good. I can't get through to this dude. I'm going to accept him like this or maybe like what were your thoughts after that conversation?
3: It was like I'm gonna definitely I'm, I'm gonna accept him for this and like I'm gonna allow him to work through it over time. Like I, I can't have like I can't force it out of him obviously and it's just gonna take time. He's not I don't want to say he's not man enough, but that what well, that's, that's what I felt like. He's not man enough to open up yet. Like he doesn't understand that, that vulnerability, at least with your son is a side that you have to have to consider yourself a man, consider yourself a father, a dad. Um, and he just doesn't have yet. And I understand that because that comes from a bond that comes from, you know, really being a father, being a dad. Um, so I, I just felt like he didn't have that in him and I would have to, I would have to just really be there and, you know, and work and work it out and figure out him the same way he would have to figure me out.
1: So let me ask, Christian, how has that affected or how do you believe that has affected you as a young black male? How do you feel like that has affected your ability to make decisions?
4: Um...
3: It's definitely, I feel like it's definitely one of the reasons I'm so impulsive. Um, I, I feel like it's just one of the reasons I don't think things through. Like, I feel like that's one of the, that's really one of the big things. Like, I don't think a lot of things through all the time, or I haven't in the past. And I feel like that comes from just the lack of discipline. The, the, You know, like that stern discipline when you think something in your mind and you don't second guess it, like, you know that's not the right thing to do and you think, no, no, Like I have a friend who's like, he'll watch me go do something. He'll watch me go and like, but he won't. <laughs> and it's like, I had that thought and I've seen, I'm like, ah, let me, no, it was, that's what that discipline and that impulsiveness I feel like is, is how it affected me. Um, or the, excuse me, the lack of discipline is what brought that impulse and I feel like that's how it affected me the most.
1: Right, so then when you were talking about your mom, And the relationship that you have, how has that, how has the relationship with your mom impacted the decision? So you've got a mom, your dad was missing. What is it from the relationship with your mom was missing that, that made you lack, um, that made you impulsive or made you lack the ability to think before you did certain things? Um, you feel like she could have been a stronger uh, disciplinarian
3: yeah, yeah, i think I think there was a, a too much freedom after a certain level of like uh or i'll say i'll say sometimes she I, she might not have been able to see through see through my you know like my my mask manipulation um, okay. yeah and 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 I got a little bit too much freedom in times I probably didn't deserve it um yeah and i wouldn't say she lacked anything yeah i wouldn't say she lacked anything aside from that just to just like actually just like no you don't i, I feel like i was one of those kids where it's like no i was so borderline like i had I, I would do just enough but i needed that push to where i was like no you need to be this is at some point I didn't, I shouldn't have been able to make some of the choices I had the choice to make, or I, maybe I shouldn't have got a car as earlier, you know, like little stuff that I had privileges to maybe shouldn't have been a privilege to me. Um, or they should have been more restrictive privileges just because of who I was.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um, a earlier conversation, you mentioned the freedom that your mom gave you to think. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit?
3: um yeah the our our freedom to think was um me and all my brothers had the freedom to pretty much do you know do what we wanted to do in terms of like uh hobbies and and things like that like we didn't have to go play basketball we could play soccer basketball baseball um you know we could the the freedom was it was free will to choose what we wanted to do in life what we, you know how we wanted to have fun as long as it was appropriate we didn't it wasn't a strict it wasn't a strict living environment, you know, like it was a strict school environment out of the house. You need to be acting this way. Like, and in the house, obviously there was that, you know, there was that discipline and that strictness, but it was fun. She wanted to make sure that we were enjoying our lives. And she, while you know, she enjoyed hers. Um, yeah. As, as kids.
1: Okay. And so how has that freedom to think and freedom to choose Uh, impacted you as a young adult
3: it's definitely impacted me a lot um I got to do a lot of things I feel like a lot of other people didn't do um from situations she's put me in one of my well my very first job she got me that job (laughs) uh really um but sat me down with somebody who's an amazing person um I met her through through the church um and just little things like that like making me dibbling dad has allowed me to just you know figure myself out when a lot of people my age don't have the opportunity to or don't really know how to figure themselves out because they've only seen one thing um you know or they only seen their parents do one thing you know i watched my mom do many things growing up uh whether it was around the house with you know with uh the tools in the kitchen cleaning might draw a picture you can see, you can see anything. You know, what I'm helping me doing projects ten times better than I would do project. Just little stuff, I could see the creativeness, the want to be the best or do better, um, and that free will in that realm was just was a big piece um, for what I do now. Uh, I do something, I make music. Like I said, I'm an aspiring artist, and that's something that I feel like. Well, I know not a lot of people can do successfully or at my level, um, and that just came from me dibbling and dabbling. I tried it one day and it came out better than what I thought. And I kept going. And that's, you know, that was, that was a part of that free will, free rolling.
1: Amen. Amen. Okay. So I want to open up the floor to, uh, for you all to answer some questions of Christian. And I do want to say that Christian is Talisa's son. She spoke to us, uh, one day last week, about her sons and her uh, her young daughter, so we can see that she's done an amazing job, Christian. We thank you so much for um, you know being transparent. We know that's it's not an easy thing to necessarily say the things that you're saying. So, Mr. Wayne, you want to kick it off?
4: I do. You know, Chris. First of all, forgive me for. Uh, blacking out there for a minute, I lost my connection, but I was still able to hear what you were saying, Christian, uh, through Dr. Leslie's uh, speaker and computer right around the corner. So uh, just note that I did hear everything you said. Uh, first off, you said something early on about accountability and that you got to the point where you had to take accountability for your own actions. You know, I really applaud you for that because a lot of young men and grown men, they never do that. They go through their whole lives without doing that. So that was a big step on your part. Uh, Also, your attempt to get healing with your father and connect with him. And we were talking last night about this, and I'll say it today. That's going to be an ongoing process. So forgive him for the things you felt where he provided shortcomings, but at the same time, don't let that impact you and bring you down, right? So don't let that, don't use it as a fuel to move forward. Totally forgive and move forward, right? There's a difference. And we'll get more into that in a minute the things you talked about as far as impacts that you had as far as uh, you said the decisions that you made, uh, that was one of the impacts that it had. Already. Remember you talked about that a little bit, that sometimes yeah. decisions can be a little bit too impulsive, right? Right. So that's, that's an important lesson to learn early on at your age and I applaud you for that because one of the biggest lessons we have to learn in our adult life is to not make the same mistakes over and over again. So right. the fact that you're looking at your decision-making is big. It sounds trivial. It is not at all. So that's a, a big deal. Now, the point you said about your mom giving you too much freedom, I thought that was really interesting <laughs> because, you know, mom's is holding it down on her own, you know, Give know, take, right? That's some help, but, but uh, she's trying to allow you to grow, but at the same time not tighten it up too much for you. So – in other words, it's almost like a nut. If you tighten that nut too tight, you'll strip it, right? Right, right. She tightened it enough, but your wheel didn't fall off, but it was wobbling to the point where you are like, oh man, I got to I gotta change this, right? So she knew what she right. was doing. You know, very yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but she just didn't tighten it up too tight because you had to grow. And that's, you had to grow in ways that she couldn't do on her own. You had to do it yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It yeah. does. Yes, and you did a good job, so good stuff. But Ms. Pam asked the question. I'm going to let her ask that question. Go ahead, Miss Pam.
5: And my question is, Christian, how often do you interact with your dad? And who initiates that inter-
3: interaction? Uh, every once in a while. Um, it, it's, it's either or. I, I'll hit him up sometimes. I'll hit him up sometimes, he'll hit me up sometimes, but usually when he hit me up, I'll hit him back. Sometimes. If I'm being honest. because, like it is weird message. Like he don't he texts like he he texts like an old dude. Like and I just I don't be feeling it sometimes. But um It's an old dude text. I don't I don't know. Like I can't explain it. I want
5: to hear this one. <laughs> you got a lot
3: of old people on here today. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he texts like he hasn't texted in years like and I'm just like, look man. Um you could just give me a phone call. That's I I answer the phone. I answer the phone. But he like he'll call me off a private number. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I don't know. But no, we don't we don't we don't interact that often. Um I'll say every every month or so, or like one month, it'll be you know a little bit more consistent than another. Um, and it's it's either me or him. Is he'll How old me.
1: are you, Christian? I'm 22. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, Christian, the young man who was on the call last night, who's a um, few years older than you. You all said some similar things. Rodney, I know you have to get off soon, but can you um, offer a little bit of advice from being in the shoes where Christian is now, not so long ago?
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. So first of all, um, again, thank you everybody for being on the call today. Um, <clears throat> Christian, I want to applaud you again, man, for, for taking the journey to uh, understand a lot of the stuff that you gone through and kind of make right on some of those things like having the relationship with your dad and those kind of things it's a really big step um like dr leslie said um i have dealt with some of the uh, same things uh, might me and my father have a pretty strained relationship and uh that kind of weighed on some of my decisions with how i you know treated my mother and other people in my life when i was younger and stuff like that oh, yeah. um, i would i would challenge you to do something that i think all young men need to do at, at our at this point in our life which is Think about the emotions that you went through during the times that you're you're saying that, you know, you felt impulsive or, you know, you may not really understand why you made decisions you did or, you know, you realize things were your fault, not someone else's. But I, I challenge you to really understand what you were feeling at that point and tap into those emotions, because from my experience, those emotions normally don't leave until... You understand them and you learn to heal from them because when you can really understand why you felt that way, you get to the root of the cause and say, well, so-and-so did this thing that made me feel, I don't know, rejected or abandoned. And because of that, whenever a big decision comes up, I make a spur of the moment decision or something like that. And that kind of understanding allows you to figure out how, to move forward as a man, to say, well, if I know I have a habit of making impulsive decisions in times of, I don't know, crisis or, or you know, big decision making, how do I get better at healing that part of myself of, of making better decisions and things like that? So, I would just definitely challenge you to continue to to uh, continue down that path, um, keep building that relationship with your father, keep building that relationship with your mother, um, and always, always, always like focus on what the emotional thing is from the um, from your childhood. Because when we heal childhood traumas, that's how we become men that build healthy families.
3: I agree. I agree. No, I definitely, I would definitely, I would definitely accept that challenge and and try to tap into those emotions. Uh, For sure. That's a, I'm thinking about it now. That's a that's a heavy, uh, something heavy to tap into, but for sure, I, I definitely will accept that challenge. Absolutely,
6: At some point you got to teach your son how to do that same thing. So good luck to you. I appreciate that, for sure. Appreciate that. Same to you.
1: Hey, Christian, when you think about accepting that challenge, like, what goes through your core? It's like, Ugh. I don't know, but, Ugh. What is the part that feels like a hard pill to swallow when you think about that challenge?
3: Uh, giving him a break. That's what I feel. That's what I think about. What do you mean? Like, letting him off too easy is what it feels like
1: so like like what can you do you want to go over and like grab him by the neck you want to kind of like get in a ring with him like like,
3: yeah yeah. like nah I don't even know I don't even know I can't really explain it
1: because there's something that you want at your core there's something that all of us want or wanted at our core before you actually get to the point where you just say I'm gonna accept him for who he is it sounds like that's what you're trying to do but it also sounds like there's a struggle there that is still, like you said, I don't want to let them off the hook that easy. You know, sometimes we feel that way when we have to, well, when we, we know it's the right thing to try to forgive somebody, but nah, I don't like what they did. I'm letting them off the hook. I need to handle some things. Right. What, what, is that, what is that pill that you got to swallow that, that says, let them off the hook?
4: I'm not even sure. I feel like that's the problem. I think sometimes too, as as a man, we, and I went through the same thing. We, we went, we want to, we feel like it's that one thing, but really it's just an emotion of, I just want him to hear me out and understand. Right. right? And when that hasn't happened, it's like you don't have that sense of closure. There's like this gap that you carry around from week to week, month to month, year to year. But once you reach that point where you get that closure, then your life really begins. So the challenge is to get that closure as soon as possible, right? Because the person that is going to impact and benefit the most is you. It's really not about our fathers. It's about us and getting that closure as soon as we can. I agree.
1: Okay, please. Uh-oh,
6: let me take you off mute. Can I jump in real quick? Is that okay? I'm sorry.
1: Yes, go ahead, Rodney.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm about to go in a second. But Christian, um, I want to say one last thing to you that I think was a really big step for me in my emotional growth is that with that letting people off easy thing, I think you have to begin to tell yourself that how you feel is valid. What you feel is okay, real. Even if somebody else doesn't agree or nobody else told you that it's okay, I promise you that what you feel is real and you don't have to like brush it off or blow it off or anything like that. It's okay to feel upset about it. It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be whatever it is that you feel, no matter what anyone accepts or doesn't accept, that's for you to, to deal with. That's between you, your God that you serve, and how you are going, going to become a better man. So at some point, he may not even understand how to help you get through those feelings that you have, but that's when you be, are able to accept how you feel and figure out how to forgive him without getting that apology that you need from him. That's a really big step that I've always had to go through. And at some point, it's like, look, I, I was angry for a really long time with my dad because of what he did. And I, you know what? How I felt was real. And, it's, and even if he don't agree with it, because he's told me a thousand times that he, he don't agree with it. But that doesn't matter because what I felt is real and it's valid. And everything that you
4: feel is that way. I Appreciate carried you. mine till I was 38 years old. And then finally, I called him up, let him have it. I wrote him a letter. And then I drove up to Chicago and apologized to him, hugged him, kissed him on the cheek. A good Don't let it wait that long. And Lee, you did a fantastic job. This young man here is something to be proud of. I can't believe he's 22. He's got a good head on his shoulders, like Rodney.
1: Real good on the show. Yeah. Uh, Latonya, your hand is up. Uh? Latonya, mm. Your hand is raised. Sound like you want to say something, LT?
2: Yes, it is. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Dr. Leslie, I just wanted to take a moment to first of all to acknowledge Rodney and Christian. Uh, Last night and tonight, uh, I mean, you and Wayne know some of the situations and what I'm currently going through right now, but just listening to Rodney and Christian, I just want to give y'all kudos and just say, keep going. And as Martin, uh, who's that? Gina says, you go, boy. I'm proud of you. I don't know you, but just um, listening to you articulate your thoughts and your feelings and... um, deal with that, I just want to say kudos to you and to the parents that are on the phone, especially the moms. Oh, what I have heard from your children, from the two young men that spoke last night and tonight, um, man, parenting is hard. I, I can hear and see that you as a mom did everything that you knew to do, and still there's room left for growth. You know, there's room left for going back and saying, hey, I didn't handle this right. I didn't do that right. But parenting is just doggone hard. And for the parents that are still in the fight, you know, that are still trying, you know, especially for you moms, you know, I just right now, it used to be a time in my life where my passion was towards the youth. Right now at this place in my life, my passion are towards the parents and more particularly the moms so for you moms, you know, when those days come or mindsets try to kick in and make you think you did this wrong or your children are this and that. And I I just want to say from one mom to another mom, you do the best that you can. And it sounds like you did the best you can with the knowledge that you had to work with at different phases in your life. And parenting is hard. So you know, God bless you. God bless the relationship with your children. May God bless your sons as they grow and more, develop more in life. And, you know, life, parenting is just, it's its just, it's something you just can't even explain. And even through your anger, there's still a, a level of love that you still, no matter how angry you get, you can't dismiss it or get rid of it. But you still, you, for you that are still in the fight, I, I just, if I could hug you and, you know, say you go, girl. You, you keep going. That's all I want to say. Keep going. Yes. Amen.
1: Amen. Felice. Yes. This is your son. Yes. What would you like to say in response to some of the things that he just talked about? Um, well, first, I want to say that
7: when so when people are not accountable for their actions, and you feel strongly that they should be, it is very challenging. But um, I said this to Rodney, and I was talking to your brother earlier, um, go back and watch The Shack, Christian. And remember that scene, you watched it, right? Yeah. Remember that scene when, um, when Mac had to go sit in that big seat and he had to be the judge? Yeah. And he he was he didn't want to be the judge but when he was asked you know would you send this person to hell and he looked at the situation that that person was in and it looked like it wasn't that child's fault right? right um he did you know he didn't feel like that child should go to hell but that's because he got to see a glimpse of something that he was not aware of and you said and we both know that your father is private for whatever reasons he calls us on private with private numbers, you know, as if we don't know who it is once he answers. Right. Um, but just remember, just think about the fact that there's things that he's experienced that you nor I really know about. And those things could be the thing that influences or it are the, the causes of why he is the way he is. And maybe, you know, you can talk to your grandmother and get some of that insight if you can't get it directly from your father. Right. So that's one thing. Um, Christian said that, um, he felt like I could have, he had too much freedom at certain points of his life when, um, when he shouldn't. Well, I, uh, discovered a lot of things, you know, we have Sunday dinner and all my boys and my, you guys call them bonus children (laughs) that, um, they come over for Sunday dinners, like 10 of us up in here. And, um you know, you, I learned some things that they did when they were younger. I was like, well, where was I? Cause I thought I was vigilant as a mother, but, um, I think Christian was just good at just, he's, he's good with his mouthpiece. He can pull things and make you think something that isn't there, you know? Um, but I didn't know that at the time. I really didn't know that <laughs> you laughing. I didn't know that at the time. So he was able to get away with some things that I wasn't aware of, um, as far as the freedom that he and his brothers had to kind of be, to, to discover the things that they like and, you know, wear the hair, wear their hair the way they wanted to wear their hair. And it, it, that wasn't easy for me because I was raised as I, and I was a compliant, excuse me, I was a compliant Child, where my sister was not as compliant. So I did what my mother told me, I wore what she told me to wear, and I went to school and majored in what she thought I should major in. And that just weighed heavily on me as I reflected and as I was in my adulthood. So one of the things I vowed was to not do that to my own children, you know, try to let them discover who they are and You know, Christians, you know, he says he knows who he is. I don't know that my oldest son would say the same thing. You would hear something very different from him if you were to hear from him. And you would hear something maybe similar if you heard from the middle son. But I did allow them all to be able to, you know, be who they wanted to be for the most part, even when it was hard, because... When it's time to go see my mom, I'm like, oh, Lord, Corey, we got to get your hair cut. You know, she doesn't like braids or Christian or Cameron, you know, Cameron grew his hair out to some ungodly length, you know, and I'm, I'm bracing myself for the, the verbal lashing that I felt like I was going to get. And that sometimes puts pressure on the way you raise your own children when you're still kind of bound by, as an adult, when you're still bound by your own parents. Mm-hmm grandparents, you know, and so it was very challenging for me to allow them to to be able to to do those things, you know, to allow them to, like I said, wear their hair how they wear their want to wear their hair or dress how they chose to dress or choose a, a career path that they wanted to choose. Um I've always encouraged them to go to college, but that's just not the path that all of them wanted to take. You know, and I had to, you know, I had to find a way to embrace that because it was ultimately their life. And I didn't want to force them to be something that they didn't want to be because that's how I felt, you know, growing up. And I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like that feeling. And, you know, there come, there's a balance that takes place, but sometimes you learn that after the fact, you know, after they're grown. You figure out how could I balance that a little differently. Um, but I am proud, you know, I'm proud of all my sons where, you know, that, that I think that they're discovering, wow, I wish I would have stayed home a little longer to get myself a better footing and and platform, but they are survivors. They learn how to deal with this, the hand that is dealt to them, or even that they might've opened up the cars and picked the cars that they wanted. And then they, they had to live with that. And I watched them learn how to survive. And in that you know, that makes me feel, that makes me feel better. You know, you, you don't want to see them struggle, but knowing that they can survive in the struggle, um,
1: that's, that's good to know. Amen. Whew. Lord have mercy. And I just want to add to what you said, Talise. very well said. Um, you know, there, as we have said before on these calls, there are no manuals for us to follow you you looked at some things that happened in your life and you said i'm going to give my sons the freedom right wrong or indifferent there were some things about it that you didn't like in your own life there were some things about it that you know it made you feel a certain way and you didn't want your sons to feel that way but yet we have a son on the call who's saying well I had a little too much freedom, maybe, you know, it didn't work for me all the way. It worked positively in the fact that he learned how to think on his own. One of the things he told me was some of his friends had to, like, really think about some things, whereas he could think he could make a decision to do something or not to do something very quickly, even though in some cases it, it turned into impulsivity. And usually that's, you know, that's something that's in the brain or it's a lack of consequences. Like Christian said, his friend would think twice, like, "Mm, I don't think I'm going to do that. You know, he was probably thinking, my mama going to kick my butt or my daddy going, I'm like, he going to have his foot. mm -mm, No thanks, Christian, you on your own. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think what Christian is thinking, maybe if, you know, in terms of his father, if his father was there, maybe he would have had that stronger hand that he had even though your hand was strong there came a point in his life where he needed a sh- much stronger hand whereas your first son he didn't need it because he wasn't right. the things that Christian was into
2: but right. Christian
1: needed it and so oh, yeah. that's that balance that's that role playing that we have to do as parents you know um, I, I once heard somebody say, you know, they're going to have some more kids. And I think uh, Talise said they need to go have a goldfish. Stop <laughs> yes. <job> is hard. <laughs> yep, every time you say it. Um, but I think when people have a lot of children, especially today, they don't understand the mandate that they are up under. They think it's cute. They want to dress them, they want to put them in nice clothes. And they think, but it is no joke because that same child that you put clothes on that you worked so hard you know to do things for and to give them for they're the ones who bad-mouthing you telling you what you did and did not do they're the same ones who want to go and and do it on their own because they feel like they can do it better you know and our goal is to say go ahead do you boo you know because you already know what that ends up to be but it's a hard place and i do commend you for allowing christian to go and sleep in his car i'm sure that how did how did that make you feel talise
7: Oh god that it, it was hard because when you know that you don't have to do that why would you choose to do that it's not safe it's it can't possibly be comfortable but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't force him to stay. He's eight, he was 18. The boy changed three schools. Once he turned 18, he decided which school he wanted to go to when he didn't like. He he could do so many things. And at some point, you know, my influence was gone. And and I wanted to say this that, that kind of lends to this. When you're a single parent of three boys, there becomes a point in your life, at least for me, where I just got tired. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that support. And so I got to the point. You said what? You wanted to go play in the street with the, the cars? Okay. Don't get hit. You know, because you're too tired to fight. <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's like that's sometimes the decision making that you make as a single parent when you get worn out. And you're just like, why can't you just? You know, and I think I had moments like that, but they were a little older by this time, you know, in their teens. And now I'm like, I I can't, you know, and and then when you're a teacher and you're teaching, you're teaching children that receive special education and they have behavior issues. So now you go to work and you're trying to guide these kids. And I I deal with my students like I deal with my own sons. And I'll call Christians from time to time uh, while I'm in class. Chris, why don't you share a few things with my class? So going to work, dealing with students, and then coming home and dealing with your children and starting to look like or act like your students. It becomes sometimes very tiring and overwhelming. And I didn't always have, you know, I always had family support, but I didn't have that support system like that. It was too critical and too judgmental. And I wanted to shield them from some of that criticism and that judgment. And mm-hmm. like I wanted to be shielded from some of that criticism and that judgment as well. I didn't want to hear it because I accepted my responsibility of having these children and I was going to love them and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I'm tired right now, you know. But that came with criticism and judgment that I didn't I didn't want them to have to deal with it and I didn't feel like dealing with it. So that's where some of that I think that freedom that he speaks about uh, comes in, and that's where I think I had to allow him to make some of those decisions because I couldn't control him. I didn't want to be controlling. You know, I wanted to be in control, but I didn't want to control any of my children. And I think, you know, Christian has one viewpoint, but I guarantee you, if you ask the older son, he felt very much controlled, like he couldn't make a decision.
3: Mm.
4: Wow, that's deep. Yeah. Well, that's a very natural thing, too, right? It's birth order. It has a lot to do with it. Yeah. The oldest one got the, the brunt of it, right? And the younger one, not so much. And so, and I know this is leading to some of the last points, but you made several points, Mr. Lisa, that was very valid about, you know, at some point you got tired, right? And that has a lot to do with it. It's like, look, he's the youngest. He should know by now he's 18. I, I got to I gotta balance my life too. So I'm not in early grade. That doesn't mean she didn't love you, Christian. It just meant that they get to that point. I'm the youngest of five, brother. I this again the same thing. So the other thing you mentioned too, Miss Talise, was at some point my influence was gone. Let me tell you, your influence is never gone. Never, ever, ever. I knew what you meant in context, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to reiterate, a mother's influence is never gone. Uh, I guarantee you, Ms. Oliver influences Dr. Leslie. To this day. Now the thing is, as we get older, we think we the older we get, the more we know. So the influence may be less, but there's always something that our mothers can tell us that will make us listen and will influence us, guaranteed. You know, the other thing too I wanted to share real quick was um you guys are talking about being survivors, right, Christian? And and to survive, you you have to be strong. And when you go through life's uh, lessons, it makes you strong. But the key is to really understand that the decisions we make are based on our subconscious. Everybody naturally makes decisions based on what's in their subconscious. So it's important to train your brain and watch what goes into your mind so that when you make, when you act and react, it's coming from a good place. Because if we put bad things in our subconscious, bad things are gonna come out. So um, it's really important to like exercise the mind and put the right things in there, right? And that'll help you be strong, both uh, mind, body, and spirit. That's threefold. So I just wanted to encourage you, man. You got a lot, man, you're 22. Shoot, at least I might have to do something with of my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice wow. young man, nice young man. No, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding about that. But listen, you're a nice young man, you stay focused and stay strong. I appreciate it, for sure. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, so Christian, our time is growing uh, short. Is there anything that you can say to the mothers and even your mother uh, that are on this call that can help them in the journey? You've heard them say, This is a hard job. You're not there yet, but you will be. Uh, can you offer some advice? You know, help us out.
4: Uh, that's a hard one. Um, some advice.
3: For your sons, um...
1: For them, for them, for the mothers in terms of helping them raise their sons.
3: Right, right, right. And, yeah, um... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I gotta think on that.
1: What advice do you have for your mom?
3: Um, now? I mean, now, with my, that's the thing with my relationship with my mom, I don't really, like, she did what she had to do, and now that I'm noticing that, it's more so on me. To like, you know, because I feel like I got to step up and, and play that part because she reaches out. She, you know, I, I go over there. I got to make sure I go over there. I got to check in more because, you know, that's she's like you said, she's tired. So I'm, I should be the one um, helping her kick her feet up.
2: Okay.
1: So are there any other questions before um, Mr. Wayne says his last remarks and then we close out in prayer?
4: I have something. Christian,
1: I just want to say thank you for
5: just being open and honest and just seeing you, um, you know, struggle with that, those questions about your dad and your relationship. Um, And then also the uh, challenge that you received tonight. I think that's a very good challenge. And when you get to those moments or those, uh, those emotions, then to make sure that you just stop. In that moment, and just really recognize what you're feeling at that time. It looks like he froze up. Is he Yeah, still? I think he. I think he did. Yeah. Because he's a be,
7: bad reception
5: where he's at. Yeah, just for him to just be more, you know, make sure he's aware of what he's feeling. Just like uh, the other guy said, um, Rodney said, um, and just living that 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 feeling for a moment, and then recognize it. So so he can move forward. Cause I, I, I saw that that hurt in his face with that question. It it it, it struck that nerve.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It
5: really did.
4: Um But the thing so cool about them is Pam is he's 22. Yeah, I know. There you amazing. go, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So even though he we saw that hurt and that pain, he he's still taking it like a champ. And he's he's a strong guy, I believe. Very strong.
5: Guys. I believe
1: it. Yeah. Mama is. That's all. Christian, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you're going to do extremely well in life. Just continue to learn from your mistakes and continue to grow from them. Mm-hmm. I think Lisa's right in saying that you all are survivors. One of the things that she has said is um, many of the young men you all's age. Uh, who have grown up in the home with two parents, they won't let their son do certain things. You know, they feel like he shouldn't be able to walk. He shouldn't be able to catch the bus or the subway. Um, You know, just certain things that you all can do, not because you want to do them, but you don't have a choice. You have to do them because she's a single mom. And so that is where your strength as a young man is coming from. No, she can't teach you how to be a man But she can teach you how to be a loving son, a loving young man, which can ultimately help you to grow and empathize with what it means to be, you know, to open the door for a young lady, to not talk to a young lady like that. She can teach you those types of things, you know, in terms of how you should treat and then raise you to be a person who, you know, Mr. Wayne, he's got five girls and he just said... Hey, maybe I can reach him. Maybe I can introduce him to one of mine. And a father does not say that. A father is very critical, just like a parent is very critical. They're like, uh uh. You know, if I give you this look, take him somewhere. That means, no, that's not the one. The same with five girls said, give me a call. Give me a call.
4: And I used used to meet him at the door and run him away, believe me. (laughs)
1: that means a lot so Mr. Wayne it is we got one minute so if you can um say your last words and then close us out Christian thank you thank you so much please thank
2: you
4: thank you well I will say very briefly but very strongly a lot of the comments I made recently were my last words but I will say add to this Christian um Keep your mind and your body and your spirit strong and accept that challenge, that's really important. I wanna keep it real simple because if you can do that and develop enormous mental strength, you'll be unstoppable, unstoppable. And you've got a very strong mother behind you, you've got a very strong village that loves you and cares about you. Just accept that challenge, keep your mind strong, your body strong, watch what you put into your body, take care of your body. And your spirit strong, right? Don't neglect that, and you'll be on your way.
6: Sure, I appreciate that.
4: It's an honor and a privilege to meet you, my
1: brother. Yes,
4: same you. I appreciate that, yes.
1: yeah. um, Mr. Wayne. Before you pray us out, uh, Christian, I have a message. Anita said that she loves how you learn how to take responsibility for your own actions. Uh, and then kudos for Rodney for joining the call. Rodney wanted me to tell you. Please, well, it's on the chat, so please reach out to him. Another uh, source of support. He'd be more than happy to partner with you. And then Danita said, well done. Well done. Please, well done. That's coming thank from you. someone else on the call.
3: Thank you, I appreciate it. I really do.
1: Yes, thank you. Mr. Wayne?
4: Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we close, we want to thank you for the experience that we've just witnessed this evening, another blessing, another miracle, uh, another black young man who has successfully succeeded in life, and he's on his way, He's got his whole life ahead of him, God, but he's past the curve of violence and crime and the, the system being against us to lock our young man up. This young brother has a great head on his shoulders, a phenomenal mother, and a good brother supporting him, so we thank you his testimony, his spirit, the people that are back and behind him. And we look forward to great things ahead. We're, we would be nothing and do nothing without your grace and your mercy. So we thank you in Jesus Christ and name we pray Amen.
1: Amen. We have another young man on the call tomorrow. So please join in at seven o'clock. Sure.
4: Thank you. Christian, be in touch, man. Good job. Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, ma.
0: <laughs> hey, boy. I can. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dr. Leslie Inspires. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Also, for more content and resources, please be sure to visit our website, www.drleslieinspires.com. We'll see you in the next episode.